0: All right, well, and good morning from me. It's great to be here with you as we share. As we give this morning, uh, there is a black box at the back if you have any paper offerings to give. Otherwise, the electronic ways you can give are up on the screen. Thank you for that this morning. And we want to say welcome to everyone here in person, to everyone joining with us online. It's great to be with you. Let's hear it for our worship team this morning. Thanks, worship team for faithfully leading us into the presence of God week after week. And uh, it's such a beautiful and a holy thing. And uh, I think I said this already, being on sabbatical for a few months and visiting lots of different churches and seeing what God is doing in, in different places. Uh, and it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. I came back feeling, and, and I say this without pride, but just as a matter of fact, uh, that our worship team at Meadowbrook just is so far above and beyond we're so blessed to have that here and some churches have amazing musicianship but something of the heart is missing and some churches have a lot of heart but the musicianship is missing uh we have a team that's really dedicated to both Uh, we want to bring our most excellent gifts of of music before the lord uh, but with humble hearts with hearts that are seeking after him and it's really an amazing thing so thank you worship team for ongoing all that you give as you serve this church you are a blessing to us all Uh, A couple of family announcements just as we get ready to jump into the word. Uh, We did send out an email this week that our brother, Herb Thrun did pass away this week, and so Herb had not been well for quite some time. He had gone into hospice in the last couple of weeks, and uh, and Herb's wife, Helga, had passed away a few years earlier, and uh, just in meeting with Herb and talking with him over time, uh, he was very ready to go. He was quite at peace with that. He missed his wife. He wanted to see the Lord. Um, Herb's life was a fascinating one. Uh, Just growing, he grew up in Nazi Germany, grew up under Nazi rule um, and and just the way his life moved and immigrating to Canada and meeting Helga and having their kids and different uh, adventures that God brought them on along the way. Um, and we love her very much. We do miss him, but this is the difference that we, that we rejoice in on that side of it. We grieve the loss and yet rejoice in the hope that we have in Jesus, that Herb's pain is over and he is back with his wife and he is with his Lord who he served. And so, uh, the family has asked, they're just going to do a small, uh, more intimate funeral service. And so there won't be a sort of Meadowbrook service happening, but we can certainly be joining and praying for the family and, uh, and praying for his kids and grandkids who loved Herb and, um, and. And his friends, you know, there's a group that meets every Tuesday morning here at the church and they go into the gym uh, and they have remote controlled airplanes and they fly them around in the gym and and rent the space for that. Um, And Herb was always a part of that. He wasn't able to do it the last number of years, but he has a, a close knit group of friends who also loved him very much who we've gotten to know. So we can just be praying for all of that and the ceremony will likely be in a couple of weeks. All right, turn with me to John chapter 15. If you have your Bible or look it up on your phone, John chapter 15. One more thing, just to make you aware of as well, is that it's the time of year where we take up our Thanksgiving offering. And so we do this once a year. We do it at Thanksgiving because we are thankful and it's a good time of year to be doing that. And so the finance team with the MMT and the board set uh, usually an ambitious target that we are trying to hit uh, with a few different categories that you can give to. And we ask everybody, and this is really all we're asking. We're asking you to pray about it and say, Lord, what would you have me give in a sacrificial way uh, where we dig a little deeper and and make this contribution for the church and also for our missionaries and also for a third category that we uh, change out usually year after year. But so this year, uh, we have set a target of a $100,000. Uh, And so you can designate where your offering goes, it can go to all of these categories equally, or one of these categories, or a mix, whatever you like. Uh, So some of that goes to the budget. So we did share a few weeks ago, we are running at a significant deficit this year. Uh, So some of it will go to the budget. Uh, We support four different missionary families, and we try to keep them in front of you all the time. And so we have Somdi and his family, uh, what they are doing in Thailand. We have the Berg family in Austria. We have Derek and his family in Northern Ontario, working with First Nations people. And then we have the Roses uh, who are working in Montreal and doing stuff through GAIN to uh, do stuff just all over the world in terms of relief and help. And so when you give to missions, you are giving to them and supporting to what God is doing around the world. And then we did this last year as well. We wanted to highlight the community meal program that we're a part of as well. So your money that you gave last year, so far has paid for 1,700 meals in our community uh, every week, and and just that need has only gone up just with inflation and and certain economic side effects of COVID and different things. And so we wanted to highlight that one again. And so again, when you're giving to budget, you're obviously giving to support your church and the different programs of the church. We had youth kickoff on Thursday night, which was incredible. We got kids club kicking off this Tuesday night and just everything that goes on in the church. That's what budget stuff is. And then the missionaries support is helping our missionaries around the world. The community meals, we wanted to do something that was just close to home in our community, a very practical way to help. And so you can begin praying about that now, help us hit that target. Uh, We are generous with the Lord because the Lord is generous with us. And, And as a church, we wanna be giving away lots, even as we do have some practical things that we take care of here ourselves, obviously, that we need to have a budget for. And so please be praying about that and join us. So in two weeks, not next week, but the following Sunday, we will start taking up that that offering, and you can do that over two Sundays, and so you can join us in praying for that. All right, in 2022, we pick a theme for every year. In 2022, the theme was a year of pursuing peace. Uh, Some of that, very honestly, came out of two years of COVID and going, wow, we lost our peace a lot of the time. It was not always a peaceful time. And so what does it mean to walk in the peace of the Lord? Because Jesus has promised us in his word that he would leave us with peace. His word promises us that there is actually a peace that surpasses understanding. There is a peace that goes beyond what makes sense. When there should be no peace, we are able to walk in that peace. And yet we recognize, and I recognize, I don't always do that well. And so we wanted to make that a theme this year of how do we uh, know God's peace? How do we find God's peace? How do we remain in God's peace? How do we walk in his peace? And then not just peace with God and God's peace, but how do we walk peacefully with other people, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, with people who disagree with us, with people who are even our enemies, who Jesus says we have to love, congratulations. So what does it mean to pursue this peace together? And so we've been talking about that throughout the year and as we took some time to unpack last week, we're going to take a few weeks in that context to talk about our vision, our mission statement as a church. And so this is a newer mission statement. It was voted in at the AGM this past year, and we just wanted to take a few weeks this fall to unpack it deeper. So if you missed last week, you can catch up online. If you miss any of these weeks, you can catch up. It would be good to just because the weeks all work together. So upward, inward, outward, helping people take their next steps with Jesus. And so last week we talked about that phrase, helping people take their next steps with Jesus. We started there. We really want to be a church that is all about Jesus, not about any person, not about even any ministry. Although we have people and we have ministries, we want to be completely centered in Jesus in every way. We believe that we exist to glorify Jesus and to become more like him. That is the role of the Christ follower. That is the spiritual journey that we are on. And we took some time last week to unpack that ultimately, you are responsible for your own walk with Jesus. We can't do it for you. You have to own that yourself. If you want to go deeper in the Lord, you need to do that yourself. The church is here to help and we're here to help a lot. And so there's this tension then that we have both an individual journey with the Lord that we have to own. And yet at the same time, we. Also do it communally, that we walk as a family together and we support one another and we help you take your steps and you help me take my steps. And as a group, we are all journeying with Jesus together, but the church can't do it for you. You have to to own that part yourself. And so we talked a lot uh, as we were fleshing this all out that we want to be a church of disciples, not a church of consumers. We don't want to be a place where people just come and take. We want to be a place where people are growing up and maturing in their walk with Jesus. And so this language gets used in scripture of growth. Uh, Jesus often uses kind of farming metaphors of growth and seasons. And and Paul would use pictures of like a a child who grows up and matures over time. We want to be maturing and growing in our walk with Jesus so we're all responsible for our own spiritual journey and yet at the same time we have a church to help and we all need one another as we do this communally so helping people take their next steps with Jesus upward inward and outward upward is speaking to growing into maturity in our walk with Jesus inward is talking about dealing with our stuff and growing up in that way which we'll get to next week and then outward is about where it goes next how do we love our brothers and sisters how do we serve this world How do we share the gospel? And so we see these three things as all working together. We need to have an upward strong connection to Jesus so that we can be refilled and growing. As that happens, we will start to deal with our stuff, deal with our sin, deal with our pain, deal with our past, and be renewed into the new creation inwardly. And as that happens, we more and more look outward as we love people well and seek to share this gospel. And so uh, if you take one of those pieces out of the Jenga tower, the whole thing falls down. It's not one or the other. We need all of them working together and so we're going to take a week to highlight each of the upward and the inward and the outward and today is upward we're going to talk about growing upward so a couple of years ago um sarah and i went away for a few days and we went up to muskoka which is like probably my favorite place on earth and so we were up in the huntsville area Um, And one of the things I love about Muskoka is just going for walks because I just love the beauty of the place. I love finding the roads that are quiet where you can just enjoy the nature. And so uh, I went out for a walk one morning. Now, this was late November. And so up there, very, very cold. And so I went out for a walk. I've got my headphones on. I've got my cell phone. I've got music playing. And I'm just having worship time and just enjoying it. And it's about minus 20 out. So it's not a, a balmy Leamington Sunday afternoon. And so it's about minus 20, and I don't know why I forgot this, but I remember this from living in Sudbury. Our last church was in Sudbury. Sudbury also gets very cold. And when it gets cold enough outside, your cell phone dies quickly, right? It just drains like that. So I had that happen lots in Sudbury. Completely forgot about it because it doesn't happen in Leamington that often. It's too warm here. And so I'm out for my walk and I like, if I have time, I'll go for a, you know, a 10K walk, like an hour and a half. I just, I just love uh, that quiet time with Jesus. And so I'm about an hour into this in a brand new place. We, we rented a little kind of apartment on, in a cottage and, um, and so brand new place. Place. And so I had my phone and it was like, oh, well, I got my maps open and I'll go up this road and I'll turn around here and, um, and that, that'll be great. And if I do there, okay, that'll be about 5K and there, all right, perfect. So I had it all figured out. And at, as I got to a crossroad, I would check my map and go, okay, turn left here and whatever. And then so I got about an hour away and then my phone goes dead because it's so cold. And now I don't know where I am and I don't know how to get back and I can't call my wife And I also realized the blessing and the curse of these phones, I don't even remember what street we're staying on because I just plugged it into the map and it told me where it was. So I don't know anything about, so even to flag someone down will not be helpful because I'll say, I don't know where I am and I don't know where I'm going. Do you want to just drive me around for a while and hope we crash into something that looks like my car? And it's minus 20 and it's cold. And so I, I wandered around and then kind of backtracked a bit, and I asked somebody for help, and I, it's, it's a helpless situation, because I'm not helping at all, I'll give you clues as to where I'm going. eventually found my way back, and so got into the cottage, and, and just as the phone warmed up within five minutes, it came back on to you know 80 percent power, and it was fine. Um, and yet it was just, yeah, number one, eye-opening, wow, this technology is both great and awful, right? <laughs> it's wonderfully helpful until it's not. And then you're just lost in the woods by yourself. Um, but it was just the the draining of the power affected me actually a lot more than I would have expected, right? I, I thought I had lots, and then all of a sudden the power was gone. Once the power was gone, I was actually quite stuck. And so there's not a lot I probably could have done different in that scenario other than maybe, yeah, know, know my address anyway so I can find my way back. But there is an element of... of the spiritual life where once we're drained of power, it affects us more than we realize. And we are meant to have a continually refreshing and renewing walk with Jesus. Like it is meant to be not just, oh, you, you got a nice kind of top up on Sunday morning and then you're coasting through the week. Like we are supposed to walk in a consistent communion with God where we are being filled and refilled and refilled and refilled so that we always have enough to keep going. The answer to just about every problem for the Christ follower is you need more Holy Spirit. Just about every problem can be solved there. And and at the very least, because when we're refilled with the Holy Spirit, we are at peace in that moment. Or he gives us direction on where we need to go. Or he convicts us of something that needs to change. But the answer for almost all of us in those problems of life and trials and struggles is we need more Holy Spirit. And as that happens, we find the strength that we need to keep going. When we lose connection with that divine power source, life does get different it does get harder, it gets more difficult. So we're gonna talk uh, as Jesus uses a different metaphor than cell phones because obviously it's a different time, different place, but let's take a look at our text today. John 15, starting in verse one. This is Jesus speaking at the Last Supper to his disciples. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So it's not a uh, cell phone metaphor, but it's a similar picture. It's about connection, and it's about the life that comes from connection. My phone gets life as I plug it into a wall. We get life as we connect with Jesus, as we remain in him, as we commune with him. And so our spiritual journey, I have found, often has a bit of a fruit-like cycle to it. There's times of great fruitfulness and times of great growth. There's times where uh, it's maybe not as easy. There's times of harvest. There's times of winter. Uh, it's not always exactly the same. And so not everything in the spiritual journey is always warm and sunny and and wonderful all the time. There are challenges and trials as well. And yet there's this kind of cyclical nature to it. And Jesus often uses farming metaphors and fruit metaphors that there are seasons of life and some seasons have a different purpose than another season. And yet all of it can still lead to our growth. And so the question today is, where are you connecting with God in a life giving way. And it might not be the same way that you did a year ago or six months ago. It might not be, it might be a different season. There might be a new way to connect. There might be something deeper that he's calling us into. And we're not going to go super in depth into every verse today, but we do want to hit on a few of them. So verse three of our text today, you're already clean, Jesus says, because of the word I have spoken to you. Beautiful promise, takes the pressure off. You are clean, you are cleansed, you are forgiven because of what he has done. We don't clean ourselves up. The cleaning has already been done. He has already done that in us and he has already done that for us, it is not earned. At the same time, even though our salvation is done for us or our cleansing is done for us, at the same time, we do have a role to play in our relationship with him. And so in terms of of making some effort to connect, making some effort to commune, making some effort to go deeper, uh, I heard a preacher say many years ago, you are as close to Jesus as you choose to be, ultimately. You're as close to Jesus as you choose to be. And the ones who are closest to him are the ones who dig in. They are the ones who press in. They're the ones who, who make that effort. At different seasons in my life, the times where I am digging in the most, it's not rocket science, are the times when I feel closest to him. And on the times where I get distracted or if I pull away, those are the times I feel less close to him. So how are we connecting to God in a life-changing way? Um, we've been forgiven. We are saved. That's been done for us. And now, in terms of of that relationship now, what are we doing to contribute to to it? Because intimacy does matter. It would be like saying, well, you got married on your wedding day, so you're married, and now you never have to do anything again. Nothing romantic, nothing to connect, nothing to carve out time. Um, And a lot of Christians live their lives that way. I know I'm saved, and that's it. And yet, there's a, a deeper place that we get to go, where God actually invites us deeper with him. That you can know me more. That you can be more filled with the spirit. That I can show you new things in the mystery and the revelation of God. That the word will become more and more clear to you. That you can learn and grow and mature. It is, it is an honor that the God of the universe has said, come deeper with me. Come deeper. Come walk with me in this way. And again, it's not rocket science that that as we invest time there, as we invest our energy there, as we make a priority in connecting and communing with God, we do go deeper. People say about Susan on staff with us all the time, like, oh, I wish I had what Susan had. Susan just full of the word, full of the spirit. She hears God's voice. She walks with Jesus in such an intimate way. And the answer is always, and Susan would say the same, again, not rocket science. Susan just makes it a priority. She just makes it a priority that I'm gonna spend time in the word and I'm gonna spend lots of time in prayer and I'll, I'll turn off the TV and I'm gonna spend time sitting in his presence and I'm gonna spend time listening. And so if you want that, you can have it. Susan's not special (laughs) and of course she's very special, but what I'm saying is she's not special. Do you get what I'm saying? It's available to all of us. It's available to anybody who wants it. Jesus invites all of us to come deeper with him. And so if you want more of his spirit and you want more of his presence and you want more of his word and you want to learn to hear his voice and you want to spend time in communion with him, it's available for everybody. You're as close to him as you want to be. And so, yeah, what does that mean then? As we reflect on this in terms of what's going on in our lives, every relationship we're in in this life needs some attention. It needs some effort. My wife and I have long valued a weekly date night, whatever else has gone on that week, uh, that every Friday night, that is date night, that is time carved out just for the two of us, and we sometimes do stuff beyond that. But there's, there's just intentionality to it. We want that time for sure. Even if it's been a crazy week with with church stuff and kids' activities and work and chores and all the other things, that that there will be time that is carved out just for us, that, that the marriage is a priority in those moments. Moving on, verse four, Jesus says, Remain in me, as I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And the remaining language in this passage is probably primarily talking about salvation—that we we are saved as we remain connected to Him. That Jesus is the source of all life. If we want eternal life, we stay connected to the source. So remaining means not rejecting, not not breaking off, not turning away from. Stay connected to the source. And so how are we nurturing? How are we strengthening that connection again if if my marriage was just a flyby every day where we you know, lived together but never talked to each other, never engaged with each other, never took time apart. It wouldn't be a super deep and fulfilling and healthy marriage. And yet, if we do take that time and if we do make that effort, the marriage gets better, it goes deeper. So what kind of life-giving connection do we have with God? It won't just include this, but it might include things like this, prayer time, worship time, time spent just listening or time spent just being quiet in his presence. Sometimes when we spend time with God, we don't have to say a thing, right? We can just be with him without agenda, without a plan, without a laundry list. Sometimes we can just sit and be in his presence. It's going to uh, certainly require some time in the word because the word is the revelation that God has given to us. As we grow in our understanding of scripture, it draws us closer to him. Spiritual conversation, I so value the relationships in my life where we can just talk about the things of God and just have the conversation and have some, some discussion, maybe some debate a little bit, some pushback, but where can we talk about the scripture? Where can we talk about the way of Christ? Where can we talk about our struggles and our, our hopes and our prayers? Where can we have those conversations? I always find them very life-giving. It's gonna involve community of some kind. And then we said last week, we learned during COVID, we can go a certain amount, uh, you know, we can take a, a break to a certain point and, and yet we need brothers and sisters in Christ somehow, Along the way we can't entirely understand Jesus just with me and my Bible by myself we can't entirely get it if I'm watching stuff online or listening to podcasts that's all good stuff but eventually my life needs to start connecting to other people Because the Holy Spirit in me needs the Holy Spirit in you, and the Holy Spirit in you needs the Holy Spirit in me. The gifts that I have to bring, you need, and the gifts that you have to bring, I need. We need each other in this spiritual journey. And so there's going to be an element of it that is uh, is with other people, not on our own. And to that end, serving will be a part of it as well, that we all have gifts that we bring to the table. All the gifts are necessary to make a community of faith function. And so one of the things we do is we serve one another. And so again, what I have to give, I share with you what you have to give. You share with me. We said last week, if Meadowbrook is home for you, then then everybody should be finding a place to serve because right now, there's a ton of people serving us right now so that we get to enjoy church in here. And so it's not just going to be a place where we take other people serving. We're also going to find a place where we can serve and give back. That's how the community of faith works. And so we are in community with one another, encouraging one another, serving one another with our gifts. too uh, important for us to miss that to that end just and by way of community we mentioned this last week coming up this Saturday we wanted to do some stuff stuff this fall that was just kind of fun social time just to connect and then reconnect and spend some time together so this Saturday night 6 o'clock p.m. is games and apps night and we had to clarify last week apps meaning appetizers not apps on your phone all right so we are going to uh, just be in the gym and and it's just gonna be kind of a come as you are thing so price of mission is bring an appetizer to share. We're just going to do a potluck type thing. And then bring your favorite board game or bring a deck of cards or, or whatever you want. Uh, kids are welcome with us. Bring some games for them and we'll have some tables set up for the kids. And we really just wanted to spend some time just hanging out and laughing a lot and having fun. And so we did this a few years ago and I just have such warm memories of delicious food and playing Euchre and, and playing different board games and just having a blast together. So we're going to do a few things like that this fall that are just fun. So this Saturday, six o'clock, Uh, we're planning six till eight ish and we would love to see you out and just build some community with us as we start the fall as we get back into routine and and get the church ministries all fired up again we'd love to have you here with us Uh, so that's a community piece and again in terms of the serving piece you know when it comes to Christmas dinner if I'm hosting Christmas dinner at my house uh, I get to enjoy the dinner but I also contribute to the meal right? And then that's what the family does. The family does, and if you're coming to visit, maybe you're bringing something to contribute as well, and someone's got to wash the dishes after. There's just a practical side to it that is important. And so one of the things we're doing this fall is taking a little bit on each Sunday just to highlight a few different ministries. If you're attending here, if you're not serving, if you're not connected in some way, here are some ways that you might like to get connected and to serve. So we can show that video, please, highlighting a few of our different ministries today.
1: Hello, Meadowbrook. As part of our ministry highlights this month, I'd like to share these ministries with you. First is our deacon team. We have a fantastic deacon team who are passionate about serving people under the leadership of Wilf and Al Jansen. The deacon team, with the guidance of the church leadership, is responsible for ministering to the physical, financial, and social needs of those in our congregation. That includes members and non-members who require help or attention They may also at times help someone in the community in need or find other resources that could help them. Some of the deacon's core responsibilities include visiting and helping those in need, providing encouragement and support to those needing help with referral to professional counseling as needed. They organize and provide funeral luncheons upon the family's request. They serve communion. They help out with baptism services by assisting the baptismal candidates. They maintain a contingency fund to assist the needy. They visit with members of the congregation when needed, such as hospital visits, senior homes, and shut-ins. This is not a very busy role, but it is very important. So if you want to serve in a more casual position and love helping others, this would be a great opportunity for you. The next ministry that I would like to highlight is our kitchen team. The kitchen team is a place where we have a lot of fun working together. In the past, we have had up to 20 people serving. Unfortunately, at this time, we have just a handful of volunteers, which is not enough to be able to host a full meal for the church. The kitchen team is responsible for three major meals a year, which include the spring barbecue, the ministry expo meal in September, and the Christmas banquet in December. We also provide lunch for the cleaning crew on our annual cleaning day. We may also facilitate a potluck luncheon occasionally as they are needed. Not everyone is necessarily needed for every event. So if you're not available for all the events, that is okay. The team does shopping for the meal, prepping, cooking, setting up tables, and cleaning up. So if you are a cook or don't even like to cook, there are many opportunities to help on the kitchen team. And finally, one more ministry that I would like to highlight today is our life groups. We are in the process of organizing our life groups for the fall and winter for here at Meadowbrook. We really believe if we want to grow as believers, we need to do authentic life in community with other believers. We do that through life groups here. It can look like a Bible study or a book study or getting together with two or three other people and share our spiritual journey with them but we cannot walk our spiritual journey alone. So if you are not doing life together with other believers, we greatly encourage you to sign up and be part of a life group this fall. The sign-ups are in the foyer.
2: Good morning. I'm here to share with you about our guest services team. Currently, we have three teams of people on a Sunday morning. The greeters that welcome you at the middle doors as you come in. We have the ushers who welcome you to the sanctuary and can help you to find a seat or use the elevator if needed. And of course, we have a person at the Hub, which is where we send you if you have questions about the church, or if you are new, because we have a gift that we'd like to give you. Previously, we used to have a fourth team called Hosts, and their role was to spot visitors so that they could show them around the church. Due to the number of volunteers and the season that we were in, this wasn't something that we have had for the past two years, and it's important for visitors. Who may not know that we have a cafe where they can grab a tea coffee or treats before the service or for families with children who aren't certain where to register their kids for sunday school or where the classrooms are we are looking for some more friendly and energetic people who want to serve jesus to join our team in one of these four roles i will be outside of the sanctuary doors after the service happy to answer any questions that you might have thanks meadowbrook
0: All right, thanks to Susan and Rebecca. So if you are not serving anywhere, looking for a place to serve, there are some options there as well. And again, would strongly encourage you to connect with a life group in some way. Uh, We're still putting it together, but we have men's groups, we have women's groups, we have couples groups. And so we are putting together the details of that. But if you are interested in connecting somewhere, please let us know outside and we will very happily get you connected this time. Our growth as a follower of Jesus happens as we commune with him. Again, both individually and also as we do it as a team as we give and serve one another and as we receive and are served at the same time we are wanting to grow up in the ways of Jesus and one of the things about Jesus it says in John chapter 1 verse 14 says the word Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth Jesus came full of grace and truth and we are wanting to grow in both of those things i know a lot of christians who are full of grace And yet they lack truth in their lives. They're willing to compromise truth in the name of grace. I know a lot of Christians who are full of truth, and they're not very gracious. They're so committed to truth that they miss out on compassion and love and care for other people. We are not wanting to highlight one or the other. We are wanting to be like Jesus and grow up in both of them. We are to be full of grace, full of love, full of compassion, full of mercy, and also full of truth at the same time, and to hold those two things together. Moving on to verse 5 five of our text, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. You remain in me and I in you. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Our fruitfulness in Jesus comes from Jesus, obviously. And as I said, there is something in the spiritual journey that doesn't always necessarily look so much like a straight line. It can look a bit more like a cycle, like a season. And Jesus would use these farming metaphors of seasons, that not everything in the spiritual journey goes according to plan. Not everything stays exactly the same. Sometimes people come to me and they're quite alarmed they're quite concerned they're saying i've been doing all these things for years and they just don't seem to be working anymore in the same way what's wrong with me and the answer is nothing's wrong with you you're growing you are maturing, you are transforming. Jesus never changes, but that doesn't mean that our journey with him doesn't change. When I was getting married, when Sarah and I were getting married, Terry Bone did our wedding and did our premarital counseling. And, um, and so we would sit with him and Melissa and we'd kind of go through some of the counseling part of things. And The thing that struck me the most that I still remember, here's 50 years of marriage. You're going to be very different people then than you are today. And so the question is, will you be changing together and will you give each other space to grow and change together? And as a young man who'd never been married, that honestly never occurred to me. That was not a thought that I had had, that oh, right, so 10 years from now, I will be in a different place and Sarah will be in a different place. And his encouragement was, you are inevitably going to change as you grow, but just make sure you're doing it together. Not necessarily that the changes are the same, but that you are growing and maturing together and understanding that you're both going to be changing over time. In the spiritual journey, it is very much the same. When I was on sabbatical, I spent some time with a counselor and I was I was venting and I've shared this publicly already. Just some of my pain and some of my hurt and some of my frustration from the COVID season and being a pastor in that season and I said to her, you know, at one point, I just felt like every tool I have to use isn't working. Like all my pastoral tools, all my leadership tools, everything I know how to do uh, isn't working. And, And it wasn't not working entirely, but that's just what it felt like. It just felt like I don't know what else to do. Like I've done everything I know how to do. None of my tools are working to make this better. And the counselor said to me, well, that's entirely possible, that that none of the tools that you knew how to use were working anymore. But that's just because you're outgrowing your toolbox, and Jesus will always have more tools for you in your walk with him. And that's true for all of us. Sometimes as parents, you go, wow, this worked a year ago. It's not working now. There's new tools for you now in our marriage wow we're in a rough patch what we were doing before isn't working there's new tools for you now and in the walk with jesus it can be very much the same that wow the the prayers that i was doing five years ago aren't quite doing the same thing i don't feel that same sense of communion and maybe this the question that or the answer to the question is there's another way to pray that he's wanting to teach you there's a cycle to it often that happens. And and so there is, I'm going to show you something here that I have found helpful. Uh, Janet Hagberg was a counselor and a spiritual director, and she did it for many, many years. And she said in her experience, walking with the people of God, praying with them, teaching them, that there's a a somewhat predictable cycle that we go through, a season of things. And so it starts at the top with revelation. God shows us something about himself, whether it's our initial salvation or, or something else that he has revealed to us. And from there, we go into, a time of growing, a time of fruitfulness. It's exciting. There's good things happening. We're excited to get into the word. We're excited to be at church. There's all sorts of of life and fruit happening. And then inevitably there will become, there will come times of questions. Right. Maybe God didn't answer the prayer the way we thought or maybe we got challenged with something in Scripture that we didn't see before. Maybe God is not fitting into my theological box exactly the way I would like him to. Uh, But there's a time of reflection, a time of questioning doesn't mean a crisis necessarily, but just a natural time of questioning. And then it's not unusual to experience something that she just nicknamed the wall, just like hitting a wall. And again, not that you're necessarily doubting God or, or falling away from faith, but it's just hitting a point of, wow, I don't know where to go from here. And we see this in Scripture all the time. Elijah has this great victory on Mount Carmel, and then just a short time after that, he's falling apart, saying, Lord, I don't even know if I want to live anymore. He's, just, he's in a funk. John the Baptist, who saw the Holy Spirit depend, descend on Jesus with his eyeballs, and yet finds himself in prison and sends disciples to Jesus, saying, are you actually the Messiah like, are you even him that we were waiting for? And you go, how can John have seen what he saw? And then go to, are you really Jesus? It's like, you saw the spirit fall. How could you not? He hit that wall. He's just in a place of struggle and questions. You could argue even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, Father, if there's any way, I don't have to do this. This, this road is too difficult in front of me. Is there any other way? Is there a way this cup can pass me by? Even as he ultimately, of course, uh, submitted to the Father's will. And so if you've ever found yourself in that questioning place or if you've ever found yourself kind of hitting that wall, please be encouraged this morning. That's a very normal part of the spiritual journey. And when we don't say that and we don't give room for that, that's when people show up in my office and say, what's wrong with me? I love Jesus, but what's wrong with me? I'm not feeling it the way I used to, or I'm I'm having this question or this struggle or this theological uh, crisis of some kind, or God's not fitting in exactly the way I would like. And we have these stories in Scripture over and over and over again, again, of Elijah and of King David and of Joseph and of of John the Baptist and the Apostle Paul talking about being so overwhelmed he's not even sure he wants to live anymore, even though he had seen the risen Christ, even though he had raised people from the dead, even though he'd been caught up into the third heaven, This wall is pretty normal, and you can just fall away at that point, or you can keep pressing in. And you say, this isn't about what I feel like. I I believe in Jesus. I have seen him act before. I'm going to keep digging deeper. And if we are willing to keep digging deeper, there is such a growth and a maturity that can happen. If we are willing to say, okay, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing, but I trust that you're Lord, so show me what you're doing. If there's something new you're trying to teach me, show me what you're trying to teach me. If there's a new understanding I need to have of your character or nature, show me in your word what that is. And through the digging deeper, we actually start looking outside of ourselves and we actually begin to love God and love others better. And so this isn't necessarily, I'm not saying like this is a step-by-step plan. This is her speaking very broadly in generalities. There's kind of a season and a cycle to the spiritual journey. And and maybe you've never hit the wall. And if that's you, I'm kind of jealous of you, to be honest. Because I think most of us have probably been there at one time or another, but that doesn't need to be the end of anything. That actually can be the beginning of something really beautiful and incredible if we're willing to press in and willing to say, Lord your agenda now, not what I'm getting out of this. What do you want to do in this? What are you trying to show me? And so there's these these pictures of seasons that even in creation, as we look outside, we're heading into fall, right? There's spring when new life is happening and I've been there in my spiritual journey. And then there's summer where you're just enjoying the the weather and the fruitfulness and everything. And I've been there in my spiritual journey. And then there's a fall season where there's harvest, but also things are, are not feeling the way they did before. And then there's even a season of, where everything actually kind of comes to a halt. And sometimes in our spiritual journey, when it feels like we're in that winter season, sometimes it gets called the wilderness season or the dark night of the soul, and we just feel like nothing is happening, right? I'm just, everything just, I, I don't feel that life connection that I once did. I don't feel that sense of his presence like I once did. The things that used to work aren't working for me in the same way. And even though it might feel that way, nonetheless, in the middle of winter, spring is still most definitely coming. And even though in the wintertime, it might not look like anything is happening on the surface, under the surface, there's a tremendous amount of activity happening. Spring is coming, life is coming. And if you're here today and you're in that wall season, wilderness season, winter season, trust in the fact that as surely as the sun rises, winter always gives way to spring. It has never not happened in the history of creation. It always does don't be discouraged don't take any shame on yourself don't give up just keep pressing through not everything stays the same in our spiritual journey because we're not the same we're supposed to be changing and transforming that's the whole point we'll get into that more next week that as we grow and change the seasons change our connection with him changes it doesn't always look the same Moving on to verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Uh, and that is tricky, you know, kind of scary language for sure. That's salvation language again. Uh, so the, the picture is not, well, you didn't pray today, therefore you're you're being cut off. It's more, I think, if you reject Jesus, if you turn away from him entirely, uh, that is the type of language Jesus uses in order to, to talk about hell ultimately, and, and that's not Uh, warm and fuzzy stuff to talk about, and yet that is truth that is in God's word. Um, When it talks about, you know, not remaining in me, um, we can be cut off, apparently. That can happen. Again, not about did you pray today, and if you didn't, you get cut off, but if you reject Jesus, if you turn away from Jesus. And it's not in just that God is arranging it in this way. It's that Jesus is the source of life. Jesus is the source of life. Well, how do we live forever? We grab onto the source of life. We plug ourselves into that source. That's the only way we get life. And if we uh, disconnect from that source, if we reject that source, if we walk away from that source, we believe there's just no other source of life out there that Jesus is the way. And so that's one of the reasons that this part is so important because even if we're not um, worried about, you know, walking away from Jesus or rejecting him, we wanna make sure this relationship is strong. We wanna stay committed to making sure that we are connecting in this way. Verse seven, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Uh, It's a beautiful promise, it gets misunderstood and reading it just like that, it sounds like, oh really, anything I wish? I can ask for anything I wish and it will automatically be done for you? What about all the times I prayed for things and it didn't happen that way? What about all the times I didn't ask for whatever I wished? And then even philosophically looking at this and saying, well, what kind of parent just gives a kid anything they want? Right, not a great parent. Parents have to say no sometimes. That's just part of what parenting is. And so taking that verse on its own, it really looks like it says, well, Jesus says you can have whatever you want, but that's also why we don't ever take one verse just on its own. Why we always look at what else does the Bible have to say about this. And so this gets fleshed out a little bit later, uh, not in John's Gospel, but in one of John's letters, First John five fourteen. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, He hears us, he hears us, he responds. That makes a little more sense than just, oh, anything I want? Well, where's my mansion, right? Where's my billion dollars? And that's probably not good stuff for me. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And again, the closer we walk in communion with him, the more of his word that we know and understand, the more we are filled with his spirit, the more we are letting ourselves be transformed to look more and more like Jesus. It's going to affect what we ask for at that point. Right, the closer I walk with him, the more I pray like he wants me to pray and not selfishly. James says, you ask for things and you don't get them because you ask with selfish motives. But the more we walk with him, the more we understand his ways, the more we're filling ourselves with him, his spirit, his word, we're going to pray differently then because we're going to be praying towards what he is leading us into. God is not a genie in a bottle who just gives us whatever we want, but communion takes us deeper into knowing him better. Last verse, verse 8, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And just a good reminder, a gentle reminder, but a firm reminder here, we very often and focus on ourselves, right? And where we're at and what do I get out of this and what do I get out of the spiritual exercise and what's in it for me? And God blesses us in that self-centeredness all the time and it's wonderful, right? We do get a sense of his closeness, a sense of his presence. We do get understanding from his word. We do have a great time on a Sunday morning, whatever the case may be. But Jesus makes clear as he wraps up this section, just to be clear, your fruitfulness is for my father's glory. That it's not ultimately all about you. We get all this wonderful side effect and benefit. But we come to church for his glory. And we serve one another for his glory. And we press into him for his glory. And we spend time with him for his glory. And there's this wonderful benefit that as we do that, he blesses us anyway. There's all the side effect of all the blessings that we get. And yet at the same time, we don't ever want it to become all about us. And all about just, well, if I'm not getting anything out of it, then I'm not doing it right? If I'm not getting anything out of this exercise, then it's a stupid exercise. And if I'm not getting anything out of this church experience, then it's a stupid church experience, or whatever the case may be. It's ultimately for the Father's glory. Anything we get is a wonderful blessing that we are grateful for, and he does bless us in that way. So it's more of a posture, I think, more of a mentality. Am I coming in focused on what do I get out of this for me, 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 me? Or am I living my life to the Father's glory? Am I living it for his sake and then just grateful for what he chooses to do in my life beyond that? Come on up, worship team. We're about ready to wrap up here. So upward, inward, outward. We did upward today. We want to be growing up into our relationship with Jesus, going deeper, going further, maturing, Uh, not being consumers, not being takers, but giving back to him, giving back to others just as others are serving us. We are growing up in our relationship with him, leaning on one another even as we uh, take responsibility and say, hey, I am as close to Jesus as I want to be. I'm as close to him as I want to be. And if I want to go deeper, then what's that going to look like then? What am I going to step into as I seek going deeper with him? So here's a few suggestions. We want to help you take your next steps with Jesus. Uh, This is not an exhaustive list, but here's just a few practical things. Uh, What does it mean? As we come into fall, it's a new season, right? New routines. We're back in school. The kids are back in their stuff. Church stuff is firing back up. It's our first normal, quote, fall that we've had in a while. It feels really, really good to be back to it. And so As we are stepping into a new season, what are our next steps with Jesus? And for you to reflect on, what are your next steps with Jesus? Maybe it's as simple as a new commitment to get into God's word regularly. Maybe it's just, you know what, I let that slide over the summer. If I want to know God, I have to know His Word. And so I'm going to make that a priority now. I'm going to jump into that. Maybe it's joining a life group. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe during COVID, you didn't connect. We had to do Zoom groups at times and different things. Maybe you fell out of the habit, but you're saying, you know what, I don't really have a community that I can do life with. I don't have a community that I can connect with and encourage and be encouraged. So maybe it's joining a life group this fall. Maybe coming out for morning prayer. We have that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday here at the church it's just a time to be centered on Jesus and to lift up our church, our missionaries, our country, uh whatever comes up, but we spend time seeking the Lord together. Maybe it's finding a new holy place. And by that, I just mean a place where you meet with God. I've shared with you, I have learned I love being outside and connecting with God out there. Not even one specific place, but there's something about being outdoors that's important to me and connecting with him. I knew a lady at our Amherstburg church. Um, she had a, It wasn't a very big closet, but she had a closet in a spare room in her house, and she turned it into a literal prayer closet. It was just big enough for like a folding chair. And so she took out the racks and everything and just would go in there, and she wrote scr- scriptures on the wall and had pictures of her kids and her grandkids all around and, uh, and it was a time to read and a time to pray. Um, where do you meet with God? What does that look like for you? It doesn't have to be one place, of course, but where are you connecting with him? Maybe there's just a new way that he would like to connect with you this fall. Maybe it's reconnecting in person on Sunday mornings. We've all been on this journey uh, these last couple of years. Maybe it's intentionally finding people that you can have some spiritual conversations with. My wife loves to have coffee with people and just comes back bubbling and over Flowing with the life of God. As she comes back, we just had this most amazing conversation talking about Jesus. It's good for her soul and it draws her closer to him. Maybe it's carving out some prayer time. Maybe it's spending time in musical worship. Maybe it's dot, 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 whatever you and the Lord figure out. But as our goal here at Meadowbrook is to help you take your next steps with Jesus, that's just going to be our ongoing question. In light of your communion and connection with Jesus, what are your next steps? So close your eyes with me for a moment. We just gave you some suggestions. We trust the Holy Spirit is also capable of bringing other suggestions. So just in this moment, with your eyes closed, in the quietness of this moment, we're just going to ask that question. Holy Spirit, we want to go deeper with you. And so, Lord, for each individual here, what are the next steps? Where can we step out, even this week, into drawing closer to you? Holy Spirit, bring something to mind right now. Highlight it. Make it clear for us. What are the next steps? So, Lord, let that idea come to mind. Let it stick in our mind. And even this week, Lord, as we take a step towards you, we thank you that your word says, as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And as we take that step towards you, Lord, take that step towards us. Draw us deeper into our communion with you as we seek to grow and mature upwardly, as we walk with you, Jesus, as we love you, as we learn from you, as we're transformed to become more like you. Lord, lead us in this journey alongside you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me, please, as we get ready to close in worship this morning?